Are you curious about bodies, pleasure, and possibilities? And what about curious about what others are up to on the planet when it comes to pleasure, sex, and play? Have you considered what pleasure can do for your life, your body, and your bank account? Do you know something magical, delightful, and out of this world orgasmic is not only possible for you, but totally available to you? If you're ready to be the magical, sexual, sexy beast you know you can be, and you just need the tools to get there, you're in the right place. Now, here's the host of The Pleasure Zone, sensual movement artist, relationship, and sex alchemist, Milica Yelenich. Hello, sweet pleasure seekers. Welcome to The Pleasure Zone where we talk about sex and bodies and all kinds of variations of what goes on with bodies, with sex, from anthropological, sociological, psychological, physiological, energetic, um, metaphysical kind of standpoints that are available in the world, um, lots of different perspectives on sex and bodies. And I sometimes I have guests, and a lot of times I don't. I just like talking to myself. It's so therapeutic. And I hope that I'm talking to you because you're listening, so that's great. This week's topic is a little bit about getting back on track. And I do often have different shows that are, are related to different things like feeling like a loss of libido and getting back on track. This one is going to be particularly um, related to different life events that might affect your libido and then tips to change it. So, you know, some of them are like, uh, you know, I'm sure I'll come up with some doozies, but literally about 15 minutes before the show started, I thought, um, I'm I'm not actually sure because this was a topic that was given to me. And I'm like, hmm, this is an interesting topic. I'm going to explore this. And I didn't have time until right now to explore it. So in my own thoughts and in my own ponderings, I thought, what are some of the life events that would affect our libido? And some life effect, uh, events that affect libido, for sure, are things like death of a loved one, change of home, change of work, change of relationship, all of those things that can definitely affect your libido. In fact, a lot of times when we're under immense pressure or stress or even anxiety or feeling like lack of self-esteem, our body's main uh, function is is not necessarily to have go out and, and try and um, seek pleasure. Unfortunately, that isn't our number one our number one uh, thing that our body uh, responds with. Our first, very first thing is the instinct to survive, and the instinct to survive doesn't always involve sex. Sometimes it just involves getting through the day alive. So you can imagine. There are all kinds of scenarios in the world where libido would go down from extreme situations like being in like a prisoner of war camp. Probably not a lot of libido going on in prisoner of war camps. And I know that you might be listening to this going, well, that's just ridiculous. Like, why would she even say that? I'm mentioning it as a physical aspect of like a prisoner of war camp where you have been imprisoned. And there's also all these places where we become imprisoned by our own thoughts, by our own fears, and whether it's a physical imprisonment 
or it's a psychological imprisonment. Those things can be so they they can be such a way of having us turn off all of our horniness or all of our sex drive and they can be the, the like they can turn all of our energy into what we need just to survive so that's kind of an extreme situation prisoner of war camp starvation you know malnutrition those are all really really extreme situations and they totally occur the funny thing is, I bet most people in those situations, their top priority is definitely survival, I bet. And I bet you that it takes quite a while for them to be able to heal enough, even when they're no longer a prisoner, to be able to adjust and have their body be able to receive again, to feel again, and to respond again. It may take weeks, months, years, and it may never occur. There may be such trauma going on in the body that the body never recovers where the person lives with PTSD of sorts for the rest of their life. And that kind of post-traumatic stress really does not invite uh, a lot of sex drive into your life. It really can just be exhausted from night terrors and all kinds of things, like even bad sleep lack of sleep can be a massive effect on libido. Just your exhaustion can be a massive effect on libido. And after I started to really look at this, and I've already mentioned too that I didn't even have a chance to write on my list. (coughs) I hadn't even thought of imprisonment uh, until now uh, or lack of sleep until right now. Uh, So I'll be adding those to the list later. There's... There's... um, You know, there's so, so many things. Just think about this. If you've worked a 20-hour day and you might be doing physical labor and you might feel like, you know, at the end of the day all you want to do is uh, try and nourish your body enough to survive and give it food and then go to sleep because you're going to face another 20-hour day. And, you know, some people in their 20s can function that way. I know I did when I was in my 20s. I could do days straight, and it didn't even phase me. I would go to one job, go to another job. So I like was a nanny full on all day, and then for different seasons. Um, well, I always worked weekends. I always worked full days, so I would work seven days a week. And sometimes I would do a day job and a night job. Um, and then I would go when my night job was over at ten o'clock at night. I would go out and party until two o'clock in the morning, and then I'd go and work. So I was getting like five or six hours of sleep a night um, somewhere. and that, uh, But I wasn't exhausted, ironically. I was 20-something. So there's a different energy that occurs when you're in your 20s. And sometimes we try and, you know, even as we get older, we're like, well, I used to be able to work 20 hours a day. Why can't I now? And we get into this judgment and criticism and we start to blame our bodies for not being optimal as if they should be able to do these 20-hour days the same way. You know, you can probably do 20-hour days in a totally different way, um, but thinking that we can do them in the exact same way is is just ludicrous because when you were born and you were a baby, you didn't do the same things you did when you were 20. So why, when you're 20, would you be doing, you know, why, when you're 40, would you be doing the same things when you're 20? Silly, but we start to think that we should be able to. Cute. 
not so bright. So <coughs> my voice has been having this interesting effect all day. So if I sound super sexy to you right now, it's because I am. It's because my voice is trying to be super sexy for the audience. So I've got this deeper raspy thing going on. Probably a good time to record music because it's the only time I really sound awesome when I sing. The rest of the time, not so good. <laughs> so, so what are some things in your life that you have experienced that you know have dropped your libido? And, and when I ask you to look at that, try to look at it from not from the perspective of judging you of going because people do this, going, well, I don't know what was wrong with me, blah blah blah. I just want you to look at if you were to draw a scale, you know, of level of horniness, 0 to 10, and you were to draw your life scale from when you started to be interested in sex until this time of your life, you might notice there are some peaks and valleys on that graph, Uh, whether it's a bar graph or line graph, whatever you want to draw. You might notice that there will be some peaks and valleys. Yeah, mental exhaustion is definitely in there as well. When you're like mentally exhausted, the chances of you being able to even connect with your body because you're just so tired and you can't even think to even uh, relate to a body, you probably aren't going to be the best lover of all time at that moment. So... And I will talk to you guys about some tools to be able to overcome these things because it's one thing to discuss all of these issues. It's another to look at some solutions that we can start to do uh, and implement so that we can change it. And the first thing to really consider is, do you want to change it? So a few people I've worked with (coughs) regarding libido um, recently, um, some of them have actually been really bold enough to say that um, they realize that the libido issue is not necessarily about them, but it's about what's going on in their relationship. So the first thing to look at is what's going on in your relationship. First things first, do you even like your partner? That would be a pretty good thing to ask. Do I, Wait, do I even like my partner? Do you like your lover? Do you like the person you're with? Because sometimes we don't stop and evaluate that. Sometimes we just start abusing them for no particular reason and then we start to realize that we've resented them and there's anger and there's been build-up and there's stuff going on that's unresolved that's creating a lack of libido. And there's been, with no resolution, then then this stuff just builds and builds and you know what, it festers and it can turn into things like diseases. And you might not believe me, but I've seen it way too much to think that that doesn't happen. So when it comes to your relationship, if your relationship with your partner is not working, it doesn't mean you have to get divorced. You know, there, you know, for some people, having a relationship where you argue all the time actually motivates you to stay alive. You know, it gets you up in the morning so you're, like, ready for the fight or something. <laughs> so just, and maybe you like fighting, and that's okay, too. So look at your relationship and what aspects of it are not working for you and what aspects are working for you. And and then really be honest about it. Like, be honest and say to you, yourself, and just 
when it comes to things like maybe on your list you say something like, I just want peace and calm and somebody that doesn't yell at me all the time. But your reality is is that you've actually chosen a partner who yells at you, doesn't have your back, and and um, has all these energies. And maybe you've been around them for five years or ten years or twenty or thirty years or fifty years. Who knows? Like I had an, a great aunt and uncle who yelled at each other constantly, like seething, like loathing things, and they stayed together till they died. <coughs> and they started being together when my great aunt was like 16 or 17 and they died in their late 80s they were together for 70 years over 70 years and they fought like insane people to see them you would think why are they together what are they doing but truly they loved fighting it was like their aphrodisiac so if fighting is your aphrodisiac don't lie to yourself about it acknowledge it and go, oh, wait a minute, I'm actually choosing this relationship because fighting is an aphrodisiac for me. I need somebody to fight with who is not going to leave. They're going to be willing to have the fight, put put on those gloves, get in the ring with me, duke it out, and tomorrow we're still together. Cool. And some people love that. And if you're one of those, then that's something to just note. So that's why when I say make your list about what works and what doesn't work for you, you can you can try and pretend like maybe the fighting doesn't work for you or something, but if you're loving it and you're in it and you keep choosing it and you've noticed that you've chosen it in like every relationship ever, just know that you love it. You actually love it. So, um, and when you stop loving it, you will choose something else. Some people talk about those things as, you know, bad habits or trends or whatever and, and truly I'm starting to wonder is that true or are these things that we truly love and somehow we glean some kind of pleasure from them so I encourage you to look at that from a super frank position uh, even as if you're not yourself and just look at your relationship as if it's from somebody observing you so yeah the relationship how's that working for you and if it's not um, you can always contact me uh, for some sex and intimacy coaching, uh, some relationship coaching, if you like. You can find my uh, information on my website, com. You can either email me there. My phone number is available there. You can always call. You can find me on social media, and you can uh, contact me there. You can write to me via email at melitsajelenic, um, yes, so M-I-L-I-C-A, J-E-L-E-N-I-C at hotmail.com. And what I love is I just, I've been getting emails almost once a week from listeners, which is great. And just keep those letters coming. I love them. It motivates me. So, um, and thank you for all of you who have written. I totally appreciate it. So, think about that relationship stuff. Think about how that's affecting you. Is it actually affecting you or is it your aphrodisiac and you just don't want to admit how much you love the fight. All right, so we are going to be going to our next com- our next and first commercial break, next as in we've had many hundreds before, uh, and you're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network. We'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time? 
for a totally different sexual evolution. Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Milica Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today from the U.S., call 815-880-TALK. That's 815-880-8255. From Canada, dial 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Or send your questions or comments via email to info at militzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Hello, sweet pleasure seekers. Welcome back to the Pleasure Zone, where we're talking about so many interesting ways that our body will give up libido for survival. Giving up libido for survival is not the name of this episode. However, Events That Affect Libido and Tips to Change It is the title of this evening's fabulous show, where... As I am talking, I'm getting so many awarenesses on this topic, which are so fun, and it's um, really an interesting thing to start to dive into, like what is it about our relationships, and beyond maybe the fighting or situations like that, there are also a lot of relationships where either the partner works away or is in a different country, or for example, my um, in my family I have... Um, particularly my brother, he lives away from his family for like months and months at a time. And at one point, he'd even lived away from his family for like almost a year straight. So those kind of situations can affect libido. When you don't physically see somebody for a year, you know, whether they've been incarcerated or whether they've gone away for work, either way, that physical distance can create some awkwardness at first. It's almost like having to get back on track to dating the person, which can be exciting in some ways and also can be frustrating, I would think. Um, I haven't lived that experience, so I can only speak from from my perspective of where 
But then again, it could be fun getting to know the person again. Hi, how are you? What do you like? What do you like this time? Because a year ago you liked this, and now what do you like? And when I've traveled for classes, whether I've been teaching or whether I've been receiving and taking classes, there have been times where I've been gone for a couple of weeks at a time. And when I come back, um, it's, it's pretty interesting that I notice that my body takes a little time to adjust to both all of the energies that I've already changed, whether I've gone to bodywork classes or energy classes or trainings of any kind, there are these integration these integration periods of change that as your body's going through them, it starts to wonder in a way, I guess, our bodies can wonder what it is that it's experiencing. Like, is it experiencing pleasure where maybe before that wasn't pleasure or is it experiencing discomfort in different, you know, sensations where it used to be pleasurable bodies definitely change and i can say that you know since forever my body has gone through phases where certain things are very delicious and like very fun and then all of a sudden they will be the biggest turnoff which i get is very confusing to have a lover or be with somebody and one day you like something and you know you go away to a class you come back and you don't like it anymore and it's interesting because as you shift and change and your energies change, um, you know whether you do energy work or not, your energy will change sometimes just more dynamically when you do take classes um, or in an environment where there's mass amount of change going on. Your preferences will likely change as well. So it's to be able to have that communication with your partner and with yourself to be, again, really frank and honest about it. So being honest with yourself would be where if something is not working for you and say your lover goes to like tweak your nipples and you're like, whoa, that's like too much. Um, Just saying, you know, in advance even or even just saying like, okay, I just came back from a class. My body's really sensitive, going through some stuff, not really sure what I like right now. Can we go back to exploration and see what I like now because I don't even know and and through exploration and different touch you can start to get to know your partner again and it can be a lot of fun and this is you know if you're desiring to maintain the relationship and and bring it to new levels and to have reconnection going on but if you're willing to walk away just walk away there you go that's a whole other story and a whole of facilitation if you're really like looking to embrace your partner though it's to be able to have the the honest conversation of my body is going through something and I'm not sure what it is can we just explore some options here and you know if you have an amazing partner they they'll be totally there for you and willing to explore with you and have the patience for you um and be present with you and be willing to go, uh, you know, go and explore some things on their own and maybe even explore that there's something for them changed because being in your presence can change things for them as well. And it might even have them become aware of, oh, you know what, actually, you know, I actually really want what you want, but they didn't know it until you said it. So always good to 
you know, if you're if you are somebody who's comfortable with it, to be able to initiate the conversation and say like, okay, that doesn't work for me, but can we can we explore some other options? I think what happens a lot, especially in relationships, is when there's been resentments and anger and a lot of stuff that's been imposed on the relationship for ages and then there hasn't been a lot of healing that goes on, then, you know, saying, I don't like like I don't like this. The conversation usually ends there and there isn't a I don't like this, however, what I would like to try is this, this and this that's a different method. It's being clear about what does and doesn't work for you and the willingness to explore. But a lot of times we just cut our legs off right at the crotch because mementos will take the crotch with it, right? And just cut your legs off at the crotch and then you're kind of walking around with a complete disconnect. And you don't have a lot of grounding presence or even uh, ability to know how you feel. So how do you feel? How does your body feel? Getting to know that is so, so crucial uh, to be bringing your libido back. How does your body feel now with your partner? Whether it's, for example, if you've gone through a chronic illness, if you've gone through like a mastectomy, for example, and, you know, your partner really, really wants to show you that they love you. And there's this amazing and strange tendency for men to like, I want to show you that I love you, so I must have sex with you. This is my way to show you that I love you. And it's interesting because men have this tendency that's, you know, a lot of men will show affection that way. Like, I'll show you that I'm the man. (coughs) And, uh, and women are like, well, wait a second, my body is like barely recovering, you know, through chronic illnesses, there's this like, there's a recovery period, there's a loss that usually goes on, then you've got self-esteem stuff from having like a mastectomy happening, there are so many levels to it, the chances of you jumping back into the sack, you know, once your, you know, your bandages are taken off, are pretty slim to none because there are so many levels of things going on, whether it's like even chemotherapy, taking things. Like this stuff impacts your body and impacts your libido in a massive way. So to deny that, ignore it, sloth it off, or try and say that there's something wrong with you for not feeling horny is so unkind to your body. So what would be kind to your body? And that is my main question to you, is like, what would be a great kindness to you? Would it be just like a gentle caress? Would it be just holding a partner? You know, if you haven't seen, like I was talking about how my brother like travels for a living, and I don't know his personal intimate life, but if I were to coach him, I'd be like, the first thing you need to do is just sit and be with your wife and look her in the face and be present with her. That would be how I would coach him. But he's never asked for that, which would be awkward anyway. So so those I'm just giving those as situations. So if you're if you're feeling like, you know, a slight disconnect from your partner, your libido will shut down. Libidos turn up for a few things and a lot of those have to do they're very instinctual. Um and some of them have to do with our sensations. Like if you have a thing that you get turned on by smells, like I'm a person who gets turned on by smells. 
particular smells, like pheromone smells of certain pheromones, not all pheromones. So if if I'm not feeling aroused or something, then smelling pheromones can do it. Or, um, you know, certain body shapes can do it. It can just be like, wow, look at the shape of that calf. That's so sexy. Like there are certain body parts that are just awesome, and they can just arouse your body and wake it up. And to not think that it was the same, that it's the same thing today as it was a month ago, a year ago, or 10 years ago. Again, your body is not the same that it was a day ago, 10 days ago, a month ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, right? Are you the same as you were when you were a baby? No. Are you the same as you were when you were five? No. (laughs) You get what I'm saying? So where is your body at now? What does your body like? What kind of exploration would you be willing to go on to get familiar with what touch will evoke your libido? And this is not about going from touch to sex. It's about refamiliarizing your body with receiving. Especially if your body's having resistance to receiving in general, getting your body back to a place where it can receive. And whether that's like even exploring touch that is you know, whether your body is like receiving touch that's sort of like a a soft, gentle touch, and you're like, okay, that's okay. Or now maybe your body's like, oh, I like some like rough, deep grabbing. There are so many different kinds of touch that you can explore um, there. And there's, you know, if you don't really know how to explore touch again, you can contact me, and if you dare, and you can have a 30-minute exploration with me for free, and we can go over the multiple different kinds of touch that are out there in the world that we're aware of that you can both explore with yourself, with your partner, and your partner with you so that you can start to become familiar again with what your body likes now. Not what your body liked 10 years ago or 5 years ago, what your body likes now. Again, because as you go through changes in life, all of these things start to have a new integration and they kind of ramp up your energy and your energy changes and your body changes with that energy stuff and all of a sudden you're a new person. So why would you even like what you liked back then? You might not and you might need to explore what works for you now. So that's my thought of the minute (laughs) and uh, we are actually going to be heading into our next commercial break. So stay tuned for more things that might be turning off your libido and some tips to get your libido back on track. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life, and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for the Pleasure Zone with Melitza. Every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. 
Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Milica Jelenich is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. Graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class. Take a peek at www.melitzajelenich.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today from the U.S., call 815-880-TALK. That's 815-880-8255. From Canada, dial 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Or send your questions or comments via email to info at militzajelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Hello, sweet pleasure seekers. Welcome back to the Pleasure Zone. Tonight we're talking about different life events that can affect your libido and how to change it. So we talked a little bit about the relationship, like how's your relationship working for you? Is it working for you? Do you actually like your partner? That would be number one thing to find out. You know, there are physiological things that can be occurring, like different hormone levels are off. A lot of times, though, you can regulate them with things like changing diet or even finding a way to relax so that you're not having all of those uh, survival mechanisms kicking in so that all you're doing is survive, survive. So the more you relax and find like deep breathing techniques that can work for you, um, there's so many out there. Find one that works for you. And again, diet change, if it has something to do with hormones, can be dynamic and very fast to change that. When we're looking at things more from a, um, a stress-related point of view, things like work, you know, if you're overworking, uh, feeling underappreciated, undervalued, under-acknowledged, underappreciated, undervalued, and under-acknowledged can be a real turn-off, I'll tell you that much. So when you are feeling appreciated, acknowledged, and um, actually feeling like heard and seen, those things are a big turn on. And it's surprising how fast a body will turn on and heal and get excited when it's seen, heard, acknowledged, and somebody's present, you know, being willing to be present to witness all of all of this, having somebody in the room with you to actually see you, hear you and acknowledge you can change things in your libido in your body, in your health, in your physiology, like instantaneously if you receive it and acknowledge it and go, wow, thanks, thanks for that. <laughs> so gratitude helps too. So, <clears throat> so yeah, let's explore some of the other stressors that can be affecting your body because I, I want to kind of tap into some of them just because, you know, I think a lot of them relate to different people. So like stress related to work where maybe you're working a lot, not feeling that seen, heard, and acknowledged thing going on. Uh, money can have an impact in your libido because, it, funny, think about this, 
Um, but if you if somebody just gave you like a, a check for a million dollars and it was a totally valid check, and you were just holding that check and you knew you could take it to the bank and bank it, how much would that just turn your body on? But then if you drop the check in a puddle and it totally melted and you didn't have access to that check, how much would that kill your libido instantly? And how long would it take your libido to come back to life if you dropped that you know, million-dollar check into a puddle and it disappeared? It might take a very long time for that to come back. So money is a huge turn-on, whether you like to admit it or not. Just play with this thought. Having cash in your house, like a million dollars cash in hundreds of thousand dollar bills, just lying on your bed, uh, hanging out in your in your dresser drawers and, you know, just on your kitchen counters or whatever. It's just part of your decor. Thousands of dollars, thousand dollar bills and hundred dollar bills, just part of your decor. Just the way you live. It's your life. Your body would probably probably be turned on because there's a sense of luxury and bodies love luxury even when people go camping and stuff and they do wilderness for them that's actually there's a luxury in that for them the luxury of wilderness and space (coughs) Um, so everybody's perspective of luxury is different and whether that's like being in the mountains in a in a cabin or whether that's being in a palace or, you know, walking around Versailles. It could be anything for you that has your body feel like it lights up and has total joy. So um, money stresses can definitely pull the libido down. Uh, Having money can oftentimes pull the libido up quite often. It's not a for sure thing, but just play with that. Just play with the energy of, like, if you had this and if you didn't, what would it feel like? So health it definitely can affect libido. Um, it was funny because I almost had to put my show off, uh, this tonight show, because this morning I woke up with hardly a voice. And so as that started to change, um, you know, as and even as, like, my libido today changed, um, my health has been improving and my voice is coming back, so that's cool. So it's it's kind of neat to see how all of these things are interconnected, for sure. But when you have something like a chronic health issue, say, for example, you have a body um, that has uh, MS or something, where you have, you know, you're, you're having pain or you're having tremors all the time, there might be different emotional and psychological responses that you have about being seen as somebody who has MS um, because of the shakes or the pain or whatever. Uh, there's often a strange humiliation factor that goes on for people when they feel um, that somebody has seen them have the shakes. I was literally just talking to somebody yesterday about um, that had seizures, and she said that seizures for her were humiliating. I thought, well, that's fascinating that everything uh, for her health-wise, if people know that she has an illness or if something's going on with her, all health-related things for her are humiliating, which is totally, totally fascinating to me. So that kind of stuff, humiliation, can be a total, total bummer for uh, sex drive, right? So um, 
it's cool that she was that honest about it because a lot of people don't even realize uh, the level of what's going on for things like humiliation. You know, whether it's that you're in a chronic illness where people have to come in and change a diaper for you. I did have a friend when I was in my early 20s and she was in her early 30s who had lupus and I um, worked with her before she died. I did energy work on her and... um, and I would go and I would help her with uh, changing things like diapers. And for her, it was humiliating. For me, I was like, I'm your friend. I change diapers anyway because I, I was a nanny. <laughs> I was already changing diapers. It wasn't a big deal. But for her, it was like that was the end of the road of humiliation. So it's like when when you just can't allow people to gift you and be okay with it and just like, okay, this is just for the moment and maybe I can change this can be really devastating so yeah so health and chronic health issues can be really something pain you know whether it's like chronic pain in your body (coughs) can have a you know an, an immense impact on libido so check a few things like before you just decide that it's it's got to be hormones. Um, check all these things I've been talking about. Like, do you are you experiencing pain? What level of pain are you at on a daily basis? Are you experiencing stress at work that you don't feel you have any control over? Is there issues going on with money? Do you actually like your partner? Are they even available? Are they living in another location? Um, you know, has there been a few other things which I will talk about, like divorce or cheating? Um, has you know has there been a death of a loved one in your family that you haven't acknowledged that maybe you're still having uh you know going through grief over so many things and I have more things to talk about too so just don't assume that there's something wrong with you know that there's probably something going on that is coming up for you to look at if you're noticing I have a lack of libido don't make yourself wrong start to ask What's impacting my libido? Instead of going, my libido's, uh, you know, I'm fucked because this isn't working. It's not true. There's just like, what's impacting it? What are some different factors that might be impacting this? And your body will probably start to show you, oh, distance, location, it's changing. There's an integration period. I feel different. What do I like now that I didn't like before? So I think you can really start to get a lot of what's happening for you and you know your body knows your body's so so wise and things like divorce too sometimes it'll take like years for people to be able to trust again to trust to even have another lover and sometimes the divorce was so brutal or the relationship was so brutal that the person walks away um feeling abused maybe they were abused maybe they were emotionally or physically abused and, you know, physical abuse, unless you're into being beaten and there's no, if you have non-consensual consent going on, that's a different kind of beating. But if it's non-consensual non-consent and people are getting beaten and uh, abused without asking for it, verbally asking for it, not like, she asked for it because of her behavior. That's different than saying, yes, I would like to be spanked or something. That's a totally different story. So abuse can sit around in your body for a really long time, It like as a trauma. And it's just, 
you know, abuse is kind of like the stories that we tell ourselves and the trauma is what how our body is impacted. So it's like how your body is impacted from the stories is that your body might not have libido. Your body might not give you um, true and clear information about people because it's got fear for everyone. It's still in fear factor mode. So it's to get your body to a place where you can have true conversation with it, true communication with it, that you can trust your body's knowing again. You can trust that what you're reading is true and accurate for you. And then to be able to follow through with whatever is true and accurate for you, having conversations or choosing the partner or whatever it is, that will start to get your body to relax enough to be able to allow you to get turned on. So there's a few things, right? There's a few things there to explore. And a reminder, if you're going through this and you would like some facilitation, you can contact me um, through any social media site, uh, pretty much on all of them. You can private message me on like Instagram, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Twitter. I think there's like private messages on Twitter. I don't check them, but, um, you know, uh, wherever you can find me. <laughs> so um, you can do that or you can just uh, send me an email to melitzajelinek at hotmail.com. So M-I-L-I-C-A-J-E-L-E-N-I-C at hotmail.com. And I will get back to you as soon as I see the message and remember that you can always say, I, I listen to your show, and I want to take you up on that 30-minute special offer that you have of a gift, and we'll see what we can facilitate for you and get some changes going on. So you're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time? For a totally different sexual evolution. Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. Graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class. Take a peek at www.melitzayelenich.com this is the pleasure zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today from the U.S., call 815-880-TALK. That's 815-880-8255. 
from Canada, dial 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Or send your questions or comments via email to info at militzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Hello, sweet pleasure seekers. Welcome back to this last segment of today's Pleasure Zone where we're talking about different things that affect your libido and some ways to change it. <clears throat> so another sort of uh, category, I would say, that would impact your relationship uh, and libido, well, your libido and probably your relationship because of libido, is looking after others. And under that category, I would say things like a new baby coming into your life and looking after the baby and, you know, whether you've set um, like a calendar up to be able to know who wakes up when, those sort of things. There can be a lot of fights that go on from having a baby enter your life and squabbling over who does what when. So small children, but also high-needs children. Uh, So even if you have an adult child who still requires a lot of care that can take up a lot of your time your energy and actually a lot of energy um when if you're having to dress a child who's an adult uh your you know your adult child who's um high needs and maybe needs assistance with being dressed or being fed or anything like that same thing goes with elderly or people who have gone through different um have maybe different conditions health conditions that are affecting their ability and mobility and your responsibility for looking after them can weigh heavy both uh, you know, on your time and your stress level. And um, even if you have them in your home, sometimes that energy can affect your body in that you're always on and always working. I know that when I was looking after my dad after a surgery, it really hit me hard how much having my father in my house and him being needy for help at the time, even though he was fairly mobile, um, emotionally and all these other needs, killed my libido like nothing I'd ever even realized could kill my libido. And that, for me, was the last straw when I realized how much it was (laughs) affecting my libido. And, you know, I think a lot of people just, you know, kind of choke on that and go, oh, well, I'll just, it's my parent, I'll look after them. I don't really have that that complex, but I also know that if it was different situation and I was looking after my mom, it wouldn't be the same impact on my body. So something to think about before saying yes to a parent out of guilt or whatever, you know, is having this person joining our family, whether it's for two weeks, a month, two months, a year, or whatever, undefined, um, is it going to impact our relationship, our joy, and our libido? Probably it's going to affect a lot of things, including libido and money inflows and all kinds of stuff. And you have to evaluate, is that something that you're willing to sacrifice? And it's cool if you are, and it's cool if you're not. Either way, that's your choice. Choose it from a... An, from a place of awareness rather than just a place of guilt, which is a crappy distractor. So how do we get you back on track? And for me, I always like to start with you. Start with you. 
and be patient with you and your responses and your body's responses. Definitely communicate with your body and ask your body, what would it like now? What's it interested in now? What kind of touch would it like? And start reconnecting with your own senses. Maybe you like different smells now than you did even a month or a day or ten days ago. And what do your senses prefer now in terms of touch, taste, smell, all of those things? And if you have a partner, it's the same thing kind of applies, really. It's like, with your partner, be patient with yourself. Be patient with your partner. Be present. And then that, in that sense, you're also being present with your partner. And then ask a lot of questions. And definitely communicate, because that is key. Communicate, communicate again. And whether you feel like you can actually verbally say something or not, there's so many ways to communicate. You could write a letter, you could write a song, you could write it out in poetry, you could send a text, you can make a phone call. Even if you live with your partner, you can you know, drive down the road, give them a call, and talk to them that way if it's easier than looking at them in the face. And you can use any method that works for you, even if it seems weird, like driving away from your own house to call your your lover or husband or whatever, just so, or wife or whatever, just so that you can have a conversation. So again, be patient, be present, communicate, whether it's with your partner or yourself, and ask a lot of questions. Like, what do you like now, body? What's going on? What's, what do you feel? What do you sense? And being really clear about that. And then, really, I don't think you can ever have too much... Um, too too much communication uh, because we communicate in so many different ways. So remember that if things are still not working, just set up a time because it's so much easier to set up a time and say, hey, on this day at this time, can we just deal with some stuff? And that way your partner has time to like put it in their calendar and acknowledge it and have some time to, and even give them the topic of what you're going to be discussing so they have some time to think about it too. Popping things out at people out of nowhere can be unkind to you and them because they probably can't hear you and they are just overwhelmed that something just came up that they didn't even know was happening. So you can give them warning and then have conversations and make a meeting because you make meetings for everything else. Why not that? So until next week, stay tuned in and turned on. Thank you for listening to The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. The Pleasure Zone returns next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.